it's Monday, February the 15th, and this is your morning briefing from The Economist. Coming up, Myanmar's army gears up and America's senator quits Trump. First, the world in brief. Myanmar's army deployed armoured vehicles onto city streets and police opened fire to disperse protesters in Kachin state. Despite such ominous storm clouds, plus widespread disruption to the internet, a curfew, a ban on public gatherings and hundreds of arrests, tens of thousands took to the streets for the ninth consecutive night to protest against the military regime installed by a coup on February 1st. Donald Trump was acquitted of inciting an insurrection over the storming of the Capitol on January 6, bringing an end to his unprecedented second impeachment trial. Seven Republican senators joined all the Democrats in voting to convict the former president, but their 57 votes fell 10 short of the two-thirds majority that would have been needed. Guinea announced an outbreak of the Ebola virus after the disease killed three people there. Five more tested positive and had been placed in isolated facilities. The World Health Organization pledged emergency assistance. The worst ever outbreak of Ebola started in Guinea in 2013 and killed more than 11,000 people over three years. Cleanup efforts continued after an earthquake of magnitude 7.3 was recorded off the east coast of Japan, causing damage in the nearby regions of Fukushima and Miyagi. More than 150 people were injured. The tremor comes nearly 10 years after an earthquake triggered a tsunami, killing 18,000 and causing a meltdown at the Fukushima Daiichi nuclear power plant. Jacinda Ardern, New Zealand's Prime Minister, ordered a lockdown of Auckland, the country's largest city, after the discovery of three cases of COVID-19. New Zealand's approach to the virus has been widely praised. Only 2,300 cases and 25 deaths have been recorded in the country of 5 million. Australia ended quarantine-free entry from New Zealand in response to the new infections. Two rested bits of Europe held elections. Kosovars went to the polls for the sixth time in 14 years. The left-leaning party of Albin Kurti looks likely to sweep back to power. Meanwhile, Catalonians voted in regional elections. The results there will give some clue as to their level of enthusiasm for seceding from Spain, though fear of COVID-19 is expected to suppress turnout. And Carlos Menem, a two-term Peronist president of Argentina, died aged 90. During his time in office from 1989 to 1999, Mr Menem opened up Argentina's economy, privatised state companies and sought to improve the country's relationship with America. His administration, however, was plagued by corruption scandals and accusations of fiscal mismanagement. And now, here's today's agenda. Once as farce. Donald Trump's second impeachment. Republican senators have elected to leave the future of their party to the wild passions of Donald Trump's supporters. Hence their decision on February 13th to acquit Mr Trump of a charge of incitement to cause insurrection that few considered unmerited. Over a five-day impeachment trial, a record-breaking second for Mr Trump, House Democrats described his role in orchestrating and facilitating the violent attack on the Capitol on January 6th, in which five people died. 57 senators, including seven Republicans, duly voted to convict him as charged. The remaining 43 Republicans mostly defended him on highly questionable procedural grounds, claiming that a former president could not be impeached. In reality, they feared for their jobs, because most Republican voters still back Mr Trump. And he is going nowhere. In a statement released after his acquittal, he slammed the trial as yet another phase of the greatest witch hunt in the history of our country. Covering up. ACA enrolment reopens. 
About 15 million Americans are expected to get health insurance coverage during the 2021 special enrollment period for the Affordable Care Act, commonly known as Obamacare, which begins today and ends on May 15th. In most states, enrollment ended on December 15th, 2020. This extension, created by executive order, is designed to restore the Affordable Care Act and Medicaid, government-funded health insurance for the old, to their Obama-era status. Individuals who missed the deadline because they were affected by COVID-19 now have an additional opportunity to secure health insurance. Currently, the Affordable Care Act covers 23 million people without employer-based insurance through private insurance or, in 38 states, through expanded Medicare. But about 29 million Americans were still uninsured in 2019, and that number has probably grown by 2 million to 3 million in 2020. This special enrollment period could cut that number in half, providing welcome relief during trying times. Drawing Down Macron's African Mission Eight years after France first deployed troops to combat a jihadist incursion in Mali, President Emmanuel Macron is considering his options. Leaders of the G5 Sahel countries, Chad, Mali, Niger, Burkina Faso and Mauritania, will meet today for a two-day summit in Chad, with Mr Macron attending via video link. America's Secretary of State, Antony Blinken, will also send a video message. The G5 countries play host to a French counter-terrorism force of more than 5,000 troops. France wants both to get more Europeans involved in this effort and to improve local military capacity. It also wants to ensure that its troops remain welcome and to balance its counter-jihadist activities with development efforts. Suspicions in the region about French motivations have led to accusations in some quarters that France's military presence is little more than a neo-colonial occupation. Mr Macron has not ruled out anything, including reducing French troop numbers or even, at some point, pulling out of the Sahel altogether. Two firsts. An African woman leads the WTO. Today, Ngozi Okonjo-Iweala, a former Nigerian finance minister and managing director of operations at the World Bank, will be appointed as director general of the World Trade Organization. It should have happened months ago, but the Trump administration objected to her supposed lack of experience. So when on February 5th the Biden administration expressed its strong support for her candidacy, many WTO watchers celebrated. Members are hopeful that she can unlock stagnant negotiations. As the first African to lead the WTO, poorer countries might hope that she will advocate their interests and push back against richer countries' demands that they take on more obligations. Richer ones hope that she has the credibility to push for the opposite. First up are contentious talks to curb fishing subsidies, but her powers of persuasion will be limited. If talks continue to flounder, members will only have themselves to blame. Forward and back. Japan's economy. Japan's economy grew 3% quarter-on-quarter for an annualised 12.7% during the final three months of last year, according to data released today. That follows a 5.3% quarter-on-quarter surge the previous quarter. While the fourth quarter rate exceeded most economists' expectations, the economy still ended the coronavirus-stricken year down 4.8%. And the recovery will almost certainly stall in the first quarter of 2021. Consumption is sagging after a winter wave of COVID-19 forced the government to impose a state of emergency in early January. Bank deposits, meanwhile, are surging as uncertainty is leading firms and households to hoard cash. Getting the virus under control will restore some confidence. Here, the state of emergency has helped. Japan's recorded fewer than 1,400 new cases on February 13th, 
down from nearly 6,000 a month earlier. And the next day, the health ministry finally approved the Pfizer-BioNTech vaccine. Jabs could begin this week. Finally, here's the quote of the day from Susan B. Anthony, who was born on this day in 1820. Cautious, careful people, always casting about to preserve their reputation and social standing, never can bring about a reform. That's it from The Economist Morning Briefing, available every weekday and on Saturdays. You can hear interviews and analysis from our journalists, including our current affairs podcast, The Intelligence, by searching for The Economist on your podcast app or asking your smart speaker to play the latest Economist radio podcast. And as a subscriber, you have access to each week's full edition in audio. Just download The Economist app on your mobile device to start listening.